Welcome to You Hate to Hear It, where three musicians listen to a song. We watch the music video, we discuss the artist, we wade through the instrumentation and music, and then we try to decide how we feel about it. I'm Brian. I'm Ryan. And today we I'm have Jed. a... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. He was already ready. You didn't have to do uh, that. <laughs> no script or nothing. Damn, but consummate professional. So we have my own name. You guys a man who that? knows yeah. his own name. <laughs> Jump right. right in any time, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, well. Can can we introduce you, and then you can come out with uh, oh, with my name? Oh, you know, you know what I really forgot to do, which I should have done, is said like, how do you like to be known? I think this I've is never our- been on a podcast before, so well, yeah. Go ahead, but introduce me. I'm, I'm gonna I'm hang back. This is this is our our great friend who is an immaculate uh, musician, a man who. There's nothing more than this man enjoys than listening to music and understanding it and loving it. And uh, he's a great drummer. He is an amazing rapper. He is an amazing writer. He's an amazing producer. Um, He is just the kind of guy that you want to get the opinion from when it comes to pop music because he he is talented. I got to say, let's, uh, why don't you introduce yourself, sir? Oh man, that's a lot. My, well, my name is Jed, and yeah, we've known each other since we were teenagers. And I live in North Carolina now, and I do rap a lot and listen to a lot of music and have a lot of musician friends and that kind of thing. And I love pop music. And you can cook a mean steak still, I, I imagine, right? I think so. Some of my, I think I've probably fallen off on the cooking skills, but too much, too much spice, I think, for the general public. But you can definitely rap about it still, man. I caught that track. Uh, what's that? What's the name of that track about cooking? Oh, Br- Brunswick Stew. <laughs> Brunswick Stew, man. Yeah, that, I highly enjoyed that track, man. That's phenomenal writing. Great rapping yeah. as always. And, and like oh, we will, you. we will do, we will do plugs later. But if people want to hear, if if people want to hear some of your music, man, where can they go to? I'm on Sp- my music's on Spotify now. Okay, Spotify. Give us some uh, keywords. Oh, just Jed Tyler. Jed Tyler, that's J-E-D-D-T-Y-L-E-R. Yeah. And I have like some tracks on Spotify and I'll keep making them. Fuck yeah. Because Tyler the Creator was already taken. Dead Jed <laughs> was already taken. Exactly. Dead Jed? That's a thing. Yeah. It's a it just it's a zombie. It's mostly talk <laughs> mostly raps about brains. It's one of Chris Motionless's buddies. Speaking of music and rapping and stuff, I have a friend here in North Carolina now who's a great piano player, and he played with jazz greats, you know, in New Orleans and stuff. And we did a song on Christmas and Christmas Eve and stuff, which was like an Ellis Marcellus tune, like a piano tune. Oh yeah, Duke Ellis and Marcellus Washington, or well, like Wynton Marcellus's dad. Wynton Marcellus. Oh okay, Ellis Marcellus is Wynton Marcellus's dad. Wow, I did not know that. I am a fool. But anyways, like, and so. And it was like an unreleased song, you know? And like when I rap, like I've always kind of just said a lot of, you know, a lot of BS or a lot of, you know, just rap stuff or braggadocio or whatever. But like going, trying to go over a song like that was like, I felt this like almost like a sense of responsibility. Like, man, it's such a deep song, you know? My friend is so good at playing it. So I kept rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. Oh, sweet. I was like, I can't rap about politics. I can't rap about myself. I can't rap about rapping or normal things you'd hear in hip hop. So I ended up just, kept cutting away until it was all just like, just I tried to just make nothing but just images with no self-reference and no nothing, just imagery. Sweet, man. I, honestly, Jed, I think a lot of your tracks have always had like 
quite a bit of poetry to it, like actual well thought out metaphor, visual metaphors and imagery that I wasn't finding, you know, in the Razzcast track I was listening to. Or whoa, whoa, let's not slam Razzcast to bring Jed up. I think <laughs> okay. every there's room Although for all Razzcast, the kings. <laughs> speaking of being a hater, like Razzcast fell off probably harder than like any rapper ever. Like even more than a uh, cannabis. Ooh, no, yeah, cannabis probably the worst. <laughs> Are you just a janitor <laughs> in Canada? Cannabis got like got slammed in, in, in like a live stage battle by oh, no. a ba- battle rapper named Disaster with like all of the greats like watching him on his side, like Super Nat and Juice and all these. And it was just like everybody was just like trying to keep their face away from the camera just so they weren't like caught. Like <laughs> he got, doing he one got of the old one of the old grab your cheeks and then just fall off. He the got camera. destroyed. <laughs> So bad after 30 years of just being like, I'll battle anybody, anywhere, you know. Yeah. He, he did a battle and just got rocked. <laughs> Anyways, I, I, I will just say that the, the, mind, the, the, the mind of the freestyler, it, that's a young man's game. The brain sometimes starts to ossify and then you start to kind of just rely on uh, old cheap tricks and dad jokes. <laughs> 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 like the rascal scooter of the psyche. <laughs> But like the thing, the thing about imagery and lyrics is like I could almost use that to segue into the Miley Cyrus song, you know, because that was the one thing I didn't like about it was it didn't seem to have. It was so it was just like a direct statement. There was really very little artistry or imagery in it, you know. Yeah, that's perfect, man. Let's let's talk about it. So you you chose for us this week Miley Cyrus, and uh, what what track are we going to be uh, dissecting? Flowers, flowers. So Brian, I chose Miley Cyrus because, like I said earlier, like I think she's like a really talented singer. I think she's got like a natural, powerful voice with like very little affectation. I 100% agree with you. I just think she's really, really good. So I like a kind of, you know, would like hold a great singer in our time like to like, is worthy of critique in a way, you know? Absolutely. Well, we like on this show, we like to punch up. We don't like to punch down. I don't, I, I don't go around like, uh, downtown Portland and like find the buskers and be like this guy's name was G- Greg Johnson and he was playing a song and I thought it fucking sucked <laughs> and here's what sucked about it like no we we what we do is we we find people that are making a ton of money <laughs> and have a ton of fans who absolutely adore them that we think are, are some some in some possible way maybe participating in some type of cultural entropy and I think that Miley maybe is not participating in that entropy in 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 any other way except that she has been affected by it because she is someone with a distinct curve who in the beginning of her career she's absolutely just a corporate spokesman for and doing her thing for her show mm-hmm. um much like is, the Jonas Brothers you know a exactly. pop rock star who just came out of the Disney boot camp and but she she was Disney. I mean Disney the the Disney Channel like teen lineup would not exist without Hannah Montana. Mm. And <laughs> by some type of absolute strong words, Brian. Strong words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Nick and and other Jonas Brothers whose names I forgot since the Jonas Brothers episodes that we did. But like she she showed up and absolutely just like came onto the scene post Hannah Montana put out a, a relatively strong record that that was you know did pretty well but the songs were I mean they were pop trash they were meant basically meant for middle school dances and shit like that 
And then she and then she comes out with her second album with that had Party in the USA, and it was just like, well, this is actually like a pretty strong pop album that like can chart. People actually want to listen to it. I myself was kind of like, well, I mean, this isn't for me exactly, but like I was, I could kind of dig it. Tapping your toe a little bit more, a little bit more toe tapping, and then and then when she comes out with Wrecking Ball, you're kind of like, wow, this is this is an artist with something to say. Mm-hmm. This is a woman that actually has a clear musical vision for her own artistic journey and a message. So that was the fourth album, I think, I believe, uh, called Bangers with a Z that came out in 2013. And that was uh, when she started collaborating with, once again, someone we've spoken about uh, during the Bananas episode, Pharrell. Pharrell came in and helped her with tracks on that. And this was already her, her second album into like her sexy uh, artist phase, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was uh, after Can't Be Tamed came, um, was that the third one? Yeah, it was. So her third album was Can't Be Tamed. That was, the, yeah, the beginning of the sexy phase. 2010. Yeah, it, it was. It, it started with her dressing like a middle schooler, moving to wearing some kind of sexy clothes. Second and third album were her like wearing like some lingerie, and then bangers came out, and she's like, "I'm buck <laughs> naked, hanging from a freaking ball, <laughs> showing my whole butt and boobs." And then she was she was actually out on tour, like tweeting things like free the nipple and blah, blah, blah. And so she would just be like out on stage, like with her top off singing and stuff in your Oh, I didn't know that. What's the, uh, what's the song? What's the song that she did with Mark Ronson? Like nothing breaks like a heart. That's right. There's with the video where she's like crawling around in the car with her butt hanging out and stuff. Yeah. And like, she was actually one of the first people that took, speaking of Miley Cyrus's butt, uh, she was one of the first people that kind of took advantage of like TikToks and she would make TikToks of herself twerking. Right. Which would just get like a million gazillion views. And I'm, I'm torn on that. We have, a, you know, our national obsession with asses. Like, I got to say, I'm like torn on that in general, you know? Yeah. Because obviously it shows the degradation of, of uh, our society. But at the same time, like, I'm a, I'm a fucking dog, you know? And I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the ass has been celebrated for time immemorial, you know? It was, it was there for the fall of Rome. It'll be there for the rise of Russia. <laughs> but that song, that song, Nothing Breaks Like a Heart, is, is a badass song. Yeah, that's a great, a great, lo- a great love song, a great, a great ballad. I mean, she can absolutely s- scream them out, and uh, she, I-, I would say, she's in in, in that album. I-, I mean, I think she's kind of on par with Adele, even though maybe not not a lot of the people want to admit that. But like, she she can sing about heartbreak. She can sing about relationships. She can actually sing. Yeah, that always comes through. And some of my favorite stuff by her is when. I think it was like the backyard sessions was when it really came out for me. When it's just stripped down to her and a Rhodes piano, for instance, as there was a demo version of this song we're talking about tonight, or just her and an acoustic guitar, like she's got a beautiful voice. It's striking. Um, never fails to impress me with her range and like the, uh, the way she arranges how she sings. So she has the great, perfect character diamond of. Uh, or character triangle of like super sexy, hot teen model. Then bottom right is like pure Christian country girl. And then bottom left is like super sexy raver who gets naked and does drugs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Oh, there was, she was on Joe Rogan and uh, she was talking about Hannah Montana. She's like, yeah, you know, it's really just a test of how much weed could a young girl smoke and still be a Disney superstar teen? And Joe's like, how, how, how much weed was that? And she's like, it was a fuck ton more than you think. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, respect to that. You know, her behavior definitely like got attention and negative attention. I think Dolly Parton came to her rescue. I have a quote from her saying, the girl can write, the girl can sing, the girl is smart, and she doesn't have to be so drastic, but I will respect her choices. I did it my way, so why can't she do it her way? I think that she does need to be so drastic. I think that that's like yeah. a great thing about Miley Cyrus is just her like absolutely just like like making headlines with these different things that she does. Like, I mean, there there is, if you get naked in a music video, you're, that's what that's what you intend to do. You're 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 trying to like, you know, make some waves. And she absolutely mm-hmm. knows how to do it. She knows like how to D'Angelo. manipulate her audience. Yeah, like D'Angelo, <laughs> like when he's just having his cum gutters just flaying on the screen, and uh, and then he comes back ten years later with an album, and he's like a big fat guy. And I'm like, yeah, D'Angelo, I can finally feel you now. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to you now. Uh, hitting the new demo. I love it. Um, so let's see. Uh, this song, by the way, if y'all didn't see this, broke the record as the fastest song in Spotify history to surpass 1 billion streams. Jesus. 112 days. It took 112 days. Well, that's three, three months and change before a billion people had... Bop to this one. And that's one of the many reasons why, that's starting off there, that's one of the many reasons why I'm not a fan of the song. Because I, 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 I'd never really listened to it. I was like subjected to it. Like, <laughs> I feel like at this point, like the algorithms know me better, but they kept sending me that song, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, you love, like, you would like to watch videos about Mexican boxers and like Rumi and Hafi. So you'll love this. <laughs> Just like over and over and over. And I was like, I heard that song like 10 times. I never once made a conscious decision to listen to it. Yeah, seriously. It's like, no, bro, I told you I don't want your meth. I'm playing chess. I find it hard to believe it was like, you know, just blew up like that out of nowhere. I think it was Mm -hmm. somehow corporately just pushed like out of the gate. I think you're, you're totally right. I mean, I mean, that's how like most of these, most of this shit goes. Like people are popular because they're popular and then they get more popular because they're popular. And- True. That and bots. Apparently, there's a major problem in Spotify with major artists using bots to boost all of their views. And Spotify's like, well, we're we're in bed with all your A and R people and your you know record label, so we're just gonna let that one slide. But if you're an independent guy, like we'll, we'll kick your ass for bots. I can buy myself numbers. <laughs> I can buy myself data. <laughs> for sure. Well, normally on this song, uh, on this song, on this podcast, what we like to do is we watch the music video all together. We gather around the campfire. We roast a couple of marshmallows. We watch the music video. Uh, do you guys want to do that? Jed, are you in a place where you can, can your TV turn into, you can see me. So if I, I, I share the music. I have a second TV. <laughs> Damn. Mr. Two TVs over here. Shit. Holy shit, dude. What does it feel like? <laughs> All right, so we're going to see, we're going to watch Mille Cirus Flowers. Meow, 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 meow. Her dancing kind of made me sad. 
Especially in that big old empty mansion of hers, man. Yeah, it looked sad. She looked sad. Yeah, dude, I get the Drake song, you know, started from the bottom, now we're here. They're like in his pimping ass Canadian mansion and like with all of his homies. And it's like, that's a good time. You've you've come up to the top from, you know, being a a shopping clerk or whatever. Now you're in this No, no, he was a teen TV star. Well, I was kind of following the yeah, the the convention of the music video itself. Ah, got it, got it, got showed it. him coming from, but uh, yeah, but Jed, like you're saying, yeah, man, it's just it's just kind of sad. Like she's all alone in her big ass mansion, which is way you know. I think she's trying to look. There may be some symbolism with the men's jacket on, you know, like, and she's saying, I don't need, I don't need anybody else. And she, I think she's trying to look like just like Brian said, just free and stuff like that. But even in her dancing, to me, it just doesn't come across. It, I, well, the first time I heard that song, I was like, oh, this is kind of a sad song. Yeah, she had a case of the COVIDs, man. She's all locked down with no one to hang out with. <laughs> There's a song, I heard a song not too long ago that everybody knows, which is like, um, you ain't nobody till somebody loves you. You ain't nobody till somebody cares, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's got like a romantic ballad kind of style, but it's like, it always struck me as like a super sad song, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's closer to being true than this song is. Agreed. Uh, Brian, it came out January 12th of this year, Flowers. Okay. So a little bit a little bit post-COVID, but it does have some of those COVID vibes. Like if we want to just, we'll, we'll talk about the video first and then we can kind of get into the music and lyrics side of things. But like, mm-hmm. so so it, 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 what, what we're essentially watching, the music video is just like her walking up to her, very well appointed, I would say, <laughs> L.A. mansion. Tastefully. Tastefully <laughs> decorated. <laughs> Mama mia, the taste is just dripping off of everything. She's slipping in taste and class. And she's walking up the driveway. She's walking up to her uh, house that none of us will ever be able to afford to have. Already the uh, socialist in me. to see. like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're not even allowed to, to see it. If you have a drone, they're going to shoot that drone down. Oh, amen. Her first impulse I do enjoy, I, I feel this often coming home from a long day of work or what have you, is just to take all your fucking clothes off. So props. You're like, every day when I get home from work, I just throw off my coat and just dive into my Olympic heated <laughs> swimming pool in my in my black like designer lingerie um she yeah she strips off her clothes that she's that she wore to work i guess she wore a uh, a, a basically what is like a golden robe mm-hmm. so she's immediately connecting with her country audience just right off the bat and uh, she strips off her golden robe. She walks up. She gets into her black lingerie. And then she begins to do a little swim. And uh, she's swimming and she's singing about like, yeah, I don't need, I don't need it. I don't need this guy that I was with. And, uh, you know, I could, I could kind of handle all this myself. And uh, I think a lot of us who listen to this song i like, yeah, I can kind of handle this myself too. Like if I have like a little bit of like about 10 minutes alone and some coconut oil, I can probably just take care of this myself. <laughs> just my super greens and my <laughs> exercise routine in the uh, breezeway. Okay, you missed my point, but that's fine. <laughs> Damn it. Well, wouldn't be the first time. You guys write songs. Does that song have a bridge? It doesn't even seem like it has a bridge, really. No, it had no bridge. No. It was just literally verse, chorus, verse. It's a classic songwriting 
you know, staple. And I think it's in some ways this in, in many times this type that type of uh, uh, of style of songwriting has worked for many people before. And I think that that may be also kind of like leaning back to like her country roots where like it's a lot of just verse, chorus, verse, and then end and fade out. But like it just really kind of doesn't work with this one. It's like the one of the reasons why I like silly pop music and like big blockbuster action movies and stuff, you know, is because there'll be like some new synth sound or some new special effect or some new inventive big budget thing that's like, whoa, that's cool, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have it. That song doesn't have it. It's got the most straightforward everything. It's, and it's not, it's very, very predictable, but it's not catchy. There's like a diff, I like, listen to the song, I started thinking like, oh, the difference between predictable and catchy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the song, the song is also biting like five other pop songs. Yeah. That are like half, that li- almost literally have to do with the exact same thing that her songs, like there's other songs that like, I hope you buy yourself flowers. So I can. So there, there is a song that has a as a chorus that says, "I hope you buy yourself flowers." And she's like, "I can buy myself flowers." I'm like, "Wow!" Ed Sheeran had had to go to court for his song. Miley Cyrus <laughs> did not. She got to stay away. And she says she starts it off by saying, "Like we built the house and then watched it burn," which is like I feel like I've heard that a couple hundred thousand times. Yeah, watch it all burn. The bridges burn. The house burn. Mm-hmm. Burn it all down. Yeah, I definitely heard uh, Gloria Gaynor, you know, I Will Survive is definitely in there. Oh, the I Will Survive is such absolutely the, like, the the spark for this song. Mm-hmm. You're 100% right. Although that that's like the OG song, and like there's way more pathos in that. And, and it's fire. That song is fire. Yeah. It's yeah, like, there's... that song is like, I'll sur- I can, I'm so powerful, I can survive without love. <laughs> And Miley Cyrus is like, ah, fuck love. <laughs> or like, she's yeah. like, no, love is creature comforts. She's so blasé about it. Dude, you're so right. She's she's like, well, I don't need to have relationships. What I need to do is just be able to kind of like hang out and buy myself stuff, do stuff for me. And then if you're watching the music video, you're like, I just need to work out, like focus on me. It is the most like narcissistic of like self-help healing bullshit. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad somebody said it. <laughs> Miley, you need a man. I'm sorry, but no, no, but well, no, you don't necessarily need a man, but love is <laughs> love is not creature comforts. So like, let's just be very clear about that. Yeah. What is love, guys? Well, I guess it wasn't Liam Hemsworth. Wasn't that her her dude? God, why not? Why did that not work out, Ryan? I don't know. Maybe it had to do with the uh wildfires that burned down their house once they didn't have the the home to live in. Liam was just like, I'm out. Fuck this. No, she blamed it on him. She's like, Liam, why do these wildfires keep burning down our mansions? <laughs> My daddy said, if you were real, man, you'd fight those fires with your fists. You dumb Australian son of a bitch. Get over <laughs> here. You're too sexy. Never mind. I don't love you no more. Uh, you know, I did find it funny. She has a... Uh, so one thing I wanted to start praising her on was she has the uh, Happy Hippie Foundation. I don't know if you guys came across hey. that. It focuses on youth homelessness, um, particularly among vulnerable populations, like the LGBTQ community. And like, that sounds cool and all. And then I found after the wildfires hit them, they they dropped fucking $500,000 to the Malibu Foundation to fucking rebuild all of the, like, the poor billionaire Man, homes that mansions. burned down. 
Mamma mia. Come on. It's like, well, I think they were fine. Yeah. I guess, you know, every nonprofit has its dirty underbelly. Miley Cyrus is like, Peter Bogdanovich didn't have insurance on his multi-million dollar Malibu mansion. <laughs> Poor soul. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's basically the video. I think we're, we're already kind of Oh, dancing. no, no. We forgot about the part where she works out. Yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, there's a few of those moves in my routine. The back arches, great for the L5. Uh, those uh, bird dogs, let's go. Get those every day. You're going to have good core strength, and you're not beating yourself up with crunches. That's right. That's how you stay out of the nursing home. Mm-hmm. Of course, she has to throw in, like, the sexy little hip thrust and shit while she's working out, which— I find women way more attractive personally when they're just lost in like what they're good at. Like if she were just playing a guitar or really into focusing on her song or whatever, I would find that infinitely more attractive than her just in her lingerie trying to be like do a sexy workout routine. Well, she's not doing it for you, Ryan. Well, I'm torn on that as well. She's, she's not, doing it for me, Brian. She's doing it for me. <laughs> Miley Cyrus is my girlfriend. Oh, I see where God. you're coming from with that, Ryan. I really do. But at the same time. Eh, whatever, man. Give me Alicia Keys just playing the piano and, you know, acting out a relationship scenario with uh, Method Man, and I'm way more attracted. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just me. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you think Miley Cyrus, like, like left Liam Hemsworth for Method Man? Or for which, which actually, which member of the Wu-Tang Clan do you think she would, would she be most compatible with? Let's all go around the around the table. Hmm. You God. <laughs> okay, but you have to defend that. <laughs> well, I can't defend that. I was just trying to think of like the the most uh, obscure, the, the obscure one. <laughs> you God. No, the- I think Method Man would probably have the star power to keep up with. I'll go, I'll go Method Man. Okay, okay. I you know I was gonna say Ghostface Killer. Ooh, no, Ghostface for sure, 100%, because he should already be on a track with her because uh, he did tracks with Amy Winehouse and stuff. Yeah, there, exactly. And I feel like, yeah, he, he could just be her little I'm taking back, I want to re, I'm going to retract You God and Method Man and stick with okay. Ryan's choice of Ghostface. Fair nice. enough. Welcome Fair enough. to the team. I'm going to go with Inspector Deck because in the uh, PlayStation game, uh, Inspector Deck had, uh, he would use his two fingers to like poke really fast. And I, I think <laughs> she she would uh, catch on to that and get pretty I, hot and heavy. You think? I, I don't know. I think centering women's pleasure is an important thing to do. You know, with violent two finger poking. Okay, <laughs> sure. Inspected deck. So you know, maybe maybe Miley's striking out in her romantic life right now, but uh, <laughs> it sounds like her dad, Billy Ray, is having a whole renaissance of uh, his career as well as romance. Um, well, don't break my heart, Mikey, break your heart. Tell me more about this. So there's a young artist named Fire Rose. I think she has her own music career as well. She was featured in the Hannah Montana show where Billy Ray Cyrus first met her. Uh, uh, uh Ryan, I don't know how much I like this anymore. So she's now in her 20s, to be fair. Uh, no. He's in his 60s. And uh, the latest uh, photo they posted on socials had her with a pretty big-looking wedding ring on. Now, the engagement is total rumors, but they're definitely dating. And he's he's just being Billy Ray, you know, with his fucking corny dad jokes, I'm sure. Railing a 20-year-old. <laughs> She's younger than fucking Miley. Miley is not a fan, apparently. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I bet. Miley's like, so. Miley's like, why did you stink? Why did you steal my song when you made your song? I could buy you some insure. <laughs> I could buy you a walker. Oh, can we talk about the emphasis on the second syllable in that chorus? I hate it when songs do that. It just drives me up the fucking wall. Why didn't you just like parse those syllables out? Flowers. I'm fine with that. Don't give the emphasis to the errs and then like uh, raise it up a couple of key or notes because it just, I don't know why it gets me so on edge. If you listen to this song and you are a person like me who wears a night guard to bed for your teeth, you'll be like, oh, okay. So she just went into the recording studio with her night guard on. (laughs) Her CPAP machine. (laughs) (laughs) She's just got like a big plastic thing in her teeth. This is like, like, like when I, when I, when I, I go to bed and I put my night guard on so I don't forget it. So I do a little bit earlier and I start to talk to my wife and I'm just like, did you have a good day at work today? (laughs) Oh, I'm glad everything went great. Like if you hear Miley Cyrus on the song, it's just like, we were good. We were good. We were dreamed in a camp. (laughs) Sorry, forgot to put my night guard in. (laughs) Can't, don't, hey, you know what? Keep the, the bite guards important. You're going to crack your teeth if you don't wear this. So, Congratulations on your self-care journey, Miley. But yeah, there's a time and a place. When you said self-care, it just made, I wanted to like ask you guys about that. Like, I like the idea of self-love, but I've been trying to figure out. I don't really know, but I've been trying to figure out if there's a difference between like self-respect and self-love or what the difference is. Because I like self-respect. But when I hear people talk about self-respect, I generally just like it. Or, and I'd like to treat myself with respect, you know what I mean? But when I hear people talk about self-love, I generally kind of repel from it. I think the difference is you have to earn self-respect to yourself. Whereas self-love, you're just like, eh, uh, no, I just, I'm just, I deserve love. Even though I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> I, think if you, I think if you do self-love the right way, it will lead to self-respect maybe. Oh yeah, in your yeah choices and actions. I like I like the idea of like I just treat myself like someone I respect. Like let's say Brian came to visit me in North Carolina. Like I respect Brian, so I would like you know have him make a nice Why? bed for him. I get him the type of coffee that he wants, and I do this and that. I would make sure he was comfortable. You know what I mean? If I put him up, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I respect him, and for most of my life I wouldn't treat myself like that. But now I do because I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just treat myself like someone I respect. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I can get that, but I think it's just the, the word like. I don't know, but then, the, but then I love myself. I love myself so much that just always throws me. Yeah, because I think what it what it leads to is a little bit of like like indigence and like like just absolute faith in in the immediate. Uh, what's the part of the uh, human mind that just like is focused on like its own wants and needs? Is that the ego oh, the, or the, the id? The id. It is, yeah, self-love is, I think when a lot of times people when when they're talking about self-love, it's just like, it's really about the id. It's about scratching itches. And I think this really relates to this song. Like, it's just like, I can do it all myself. I can can handle myself. I can make myself feel good. I can buy myself flowers is the title of the song, kind of. Like, well, the the saddest lyric, the lyric that we didn't mention is she says, I can hold my own hand. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the one I was like, wow, that's kind of just 
that that almost borders on pathetic in a way. <laughs> <laughs> that that actually does not make you feel that good. I tried it a couple times, and I squeezed my hand until it fell <laughs> and asleep, like, and I did some other stuff. You're it, great. It didn't, <laughs> Every morning when you stare in the mirror and affirm yourself. Yeah, that was definitely great. self-love you were practicing, Brian, not <laughs> self-respect. <laughs> I found I found a song, I found a, a pop mega hit that's the like the philosophical opposite of this song, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, do tell. Nat King Cole, Ella Fitzgerald. Nat King Cole was a huge, huge star. He was. And they sung the song Paper Moon. And I was listening to that. Not, not. I didn't search it out, but I was listening to that song, and the lyrics were so, had so much imagery and so much. They were so profound that it, that I immediately was like started comparing them in my mind to this song, you know, to the Miley Cyrus song. But listen <laughs> to these lyrics for a second. Unfair to her. Well, but except it's sort of fair because you you started out by saying like, well, that she, something about the entropy of our times, and they just rep like these. We talk about these singers because they kind of represent our times and stuff like that, and that's kind of what we're doing. We're not really like, we're not really trying to d- trash Miley Cyrus, but just sort of critique like what what it means that she's singing these. You know what I mean? But like, listen, just listen, like, humor me for a sec. Listen to these lyrics, all right? Okay. Say it's only a paper moon sailing over a cardboard sea, but it wouldn't be make believe if you believed if you in me. Believed in me. Yes, it's only a canvas sky hanging over a muslin tree, but it wouldn't be make believe if you believed in me. Without your love, it's a honky tonk parade. Without your love, it's a melody played in a penny arcade. It's a Barnum and Bailey world, just as phony as it can be, but it wouldn't be make believe if you believed if you in me. Believed in me. Wow. Now if you listen to the Nat King Cole version of that, like which was a hit, right? Big star. He's saying love is real, but the world is fake. And Miley Cyrus is saying, she's saying love is fake, but love is the fake, material but the bullshit. Your your the pool mm. and me in my lingerie. That's what's real. So every, so he can fuck off. Yeah. And I think that that definitely speaks to uh, the what would you call it, Brian? The cultural decay, entropy. The cultural entropy that we're sort of undergoing, and but I don't want I don't want people to misunderstand that as being like a uh, like the the cultural entropy of like we used to have these great values when Nat King Cole was kicking ass. You know, Nat, <laughs> Nat King Cole also got treated like trash, and he had to demand cash payments before every live show; otherwise, they pretty much wouldn't pay him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not the culture at large, but the but the but the. Just the, what it's the, about, the what highest, we like the highest expression of the art that we consume, you know. Yeah, it's the yeah the I don't know the the paper moon the cardboard sea. It all feels hollow, kind of like the lyrics on this song. Like she, I, I feel like she doesn't really even believe it. She she could have written a better song that made me believe. Yeah, fuck it. You don't you don't need a partner in this life. You can and, like and actually be strong she, in yourself. She has. She's written a better song about relationships, Wrecking Ball. Yeah, which really has a like a lot of the deep feeling about like just like a person that came into your life and just absolutely like turned it upside down, topsy turvy. But this one is just kind of like, well, did you even were you even in love with Liam? Like, like I know you're writing the song about him and you're singing it from the mansion that you that you two bought together. Like, did you even have feelings for this guy? Like, it, I, I, I'm not really even sensing any true emotion other than the fact that, like, yeah, it's nice to you know, you know, it's nice to kind of be alone sometime and just do your own thing, which is cool. Sure, but it, it sounds like none of us are convinced. Is the takeaway? 
not convinced of uh, her her claim for self independence here and, and actually being <laughs> yeah. happy. Yeah, it's about like it. it's like if I wrote a song about Ryan and it went like, I don't need Ryan, I don't care, I can produce my own podcast, I can produce a podcast, I can have a friend who lives far away in. Maybe possibly a place in the Midwest. I could replace him so easy. I don't care. What like whatever, whatever. I don't care. I don't need him. It's at like all. it's like when Nate Dog said that I will never love a hoe. I just I was like, yes, you do, Nate Dog. I tell by the quality of your voice deep down inside. I know that you love hoes, dog. <laughs> it's true though. True, true words were never spoken. I mean, we, if we're going to, you know, trash on Miley Cyrus, then let's let, obviously let's just bring Nate Dogg into it out of nowhere. Like another guy with a great voice that had a very bizarre, like philosophical view on love. Two rising stars in the, in the uh, you know, firmament. <laughs> uh, R.I.P. Actually, maybe they would have got together better than Ghostface. Yeah. Neither of them just, they're both just sort of anti-love. Miley's back. Miley's back. Miley's back. <laughs> hey, I would have shown up for their for their song, though. Hell yeah. They made a track together. Absolutely. I think, I think I, I, you know, Jed introduced me to Pharaoh Monch, who I, uh, whose book I read this year. His book? Oh, no shit. Yeah. Sick. And uh, his book was very interesting. Like, I'm not going to say it was great, but it was very, a very interesting, like, take on hip-hop at the time. But uh, I was thinking about Jed the whole time while I read that. He he did a thing a couple years ago that was, like, a trio, him and two, like, heavy metal musicians. I can't remember the name of it, but it's 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 dope. I don't I don't love to see that. It's like uh, when Sendog broke off from Cypress Hill and joined, like, the biker gang and does, like, I know, I know normally, but this is different. This is, like, because they're— yeah. They're doing something different. They're not just playing like a, it's not like a Limp Biscuit kind of sound. It's more of like a Br- Brad Meldow kind of sound. <laughs> it's, it's not like when explain. Steven Tyler and Run DMC like <laughs> got together, did cocaine a bunch in one night and said, we need to make a song together. <laughs> so what about, so we t- I, I, so let's talk about the lyrics. So we were good. We were gold. Kind of dream that can't be told. We were right till we weren't. Built a home and watched it burn. Hey, listen, I am against arson because I I, I want to let's keep those firefighters free for real emergencies. Don't burn down your home just because like you're having a fight with your partner. I think we can all kind of get behind that. <laughs> I, I, Jed, you're against that, and so you're. This is your time to rebuttal. Arson. Well, I'm still I'm on the fence about arson. Has <laughs> many things. It's it's very nuanced, you know, Brian. <laughs> Very nuanced. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta burn. Depends. It depends. Yeah. I I thought I was against it until I realized Smokey the Bear was a sex offender. So now I just don't know what to believe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I we are not even digging into that, Ryan. I'm glad you. I'm glad you started your own joke thread, but we're gonna just chop oh, that one off true. the head like a Gleok in Zelda. <laughs> So here's here's the first verse I want to stack up against. We just we just went over hers. How about this? He left no time to regret, kept his dick wet, with his same old safe bet, me and my head high and my tears dry, get on without my guy. All right, who wore that first verse better? A A B 
AAB rhyme scale. That was Winehouse. He got it. Yep, got it in one. That was uh, Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. And I think she kind of kicked Miley's ass on that first verse. Oh, is we're going head to head. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, this this for 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 Miley lyrics. I don't know. This one comes across as kind of lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Jed said, <laughs> built a home and watched it burn. Like how many how many times have you heard that already? It's yeah, we're treading old ground. Yeah, as a, as a producer, you kind of got to be like. Fire, baby. It's been done to death. A lot of talks about fire. There's a song called Fire. I want to be a fire. (laughs) Doors have done it. Jimi Hendrix has done it. Enough with the fire, babe. Let's talk about something else. Got ice, radioactivity, lightning, (laughs) cold power. Come on. Plasma. Plasma's huge right now. (laughs) (laughs) I can shoot plasma at you. (laughs) Just an X-Men Havoc. Radiate free ions. Yeah, man. I would love to have a cold-powered Miley Cyrus, but it's been done to death. (laughs) So she can buy herself flowers. She can write her name in the sand. Essentially, with the chorus, you think like, so was your boyfriend stopping you from... Doing these things, like he didn't want to buy you flowers. He he was just he, he saw you like putting. He's like he's like I see you dra- dra- dragging your toe in the sand and making an M. Stop right there. No no no. Not not while you're with me. That's kind well, of a she, quaint romantic thing. Yeah, go ahead, Jed. No no. She's just kind of she's like listing like the good things about relationships and being like I can have all the good things without the relationship. Mm-hmm. Although, how many times have you gone out to the beach and we're like. Hey, hey, baby! Look what I did! Look, look over there! I, I wrote, I wrote your name in the sand. That's my number one move. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would say, shit. I'll say, if you know cursive, I'll dump some sand on my own kitchen floor just to write someone's name on it. <laughs> now that's fucking romantic, but never my own name because that's just a sign of the times, baby. That's cringe. Uh. <laughs> what you do is you, you dump a bunch of, you dump a bunch of sand in your living room and then write their name in it and then you hand them a broom and you're like, get this fucking sand out of here. Go to bed. (laughs) Uh, I DJ'd once at a frat house that trucked in three large garbage trucks full of sand from the coast for their beach party. (sighs) And they had uh, those fucking foam machines in their dance hall and all of the sorority girls came in their heels and every single one of them just took a header at some point in the night and like slipping around on all that foam. And it was a major moment of Schottenfreude in my life. At least this wet sand is here to break our falls. <laughs> no, the sand was outside. They were fucked. Oh, that was okay. just hard linoleum, baby. The the grabbing the sand from the coast actually is. So, there's such a thing as playground sand, which is purified sand. I know this from experience. And then there is like people that are like. Well, my kids need a sandbox, but I know where I know where to get some sand. There's some sand dam at the ocean. You go fill up your truck, and then you put it in the sandbox, and then a bunch of critters and lice and like biting <laughs> insects come out. Everyone's got sand fleas now. Great, yeah. Uh, you know, I think my favorite line in this entire lyrical nonsense was, "I forgive every word you said. No remorse, no regret. I forgive every word you said." That's a nice sentiment. Mm-hmm. Not regretting yeah. it, but like I'm also letting it go. Like, you know, whatever, bygones be bygones. I think that is in a very adult move. It's when to, when both of the parties of the divorce are super wealthy people uh, who are beautiful and are going to totally bounce back 
It just really makes it I, easier. I bet the, the first yeah. time she wrote it, she wrote, I forgot every word you said and then, and then went, you know what? I'm going to soften it up a little bit. That's what I thought she said for sure as far as misheard lyrics the first time around till I looked up the lyrics. And I was like, damn, that's cold. That's actually really cold. Or I misunderstood every word you said because you're Australian and you guys like talk all weird. <laughs> who, who you guys, so who are you guys talking about? You guys have brought up like Liam. Some actual per- He's Liam um, Hemsworth. Uh, Liam Hemsworth from the Thor. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Liam Hens- Liam Hemsworth would be Thor's kind of little brother. Who he's also been in movies, but he, he, he's not exactly uh, the same level of charisma and uh, acting ability. I don't know, six and one, half dozen of the other. How's his uh, sand riding ability? <laughs> Pretty bad, I guess. <laughs> Apparently not good enough to keep Miley Cyrus. Uh, uh, anything else you guys want to talk about lyric-wise, though? I mean, well, we, I like we talked the, about I, the hand thing. Yeah, we talked. We talked about the hand thing. We talked about how the uh, the idea that you could probably probably like handle it your own self. A lot of the lyrics are like, "I can, I can handle. Like, I can do me better. I can love me better." It's also just your standard, like, verse, chorus, verse, like, literally no bridge, nothing in between. The song never changes. I I, I don't know if we're going to move to talk about the music, but, like, it is just, like, a disco beat that is borrowed from a few different places, and I think that they might have a legal case. Yeah. What was the song? like, everybody was dance. No, 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 that's not the one I'm thinking of. Oh, whatever. I, I'm not going to sing one disco song. It'll sound like the other one. Uh, What's that Aphex Twin song where the guy like opens up his mouth? He's like, <laughs> Yeah, I think he, she bit that a little bit too. Uh, oh my God, man. I just watched a documentary on Richard D. James. He, uh, he's my favorite. I love that guy, dude. He's amazing. Yes. Well, maybe Miley should marry him next. That's a good matchup right there. He'd just not give a fuck when it comes to any kind of commercial success and I applaud him and I kind of thought that Miley didn't either for a while and that's kind of one thing that I really liked about her but she had this then kind of like mini renaissance that she then walked back where she was just like actually y'all you know what I'm just a country girl not believe in traditional traditional values and then she was like oh actually never mind I, I it sells more records when I'm like a hot sexy like girl who gets naked mm-hmm yeah. I think that she's actually like, be, like you guys were kind of saying earlier, like she's being honest. I just think that she's wrong. Yeah, I just I, I think she's being honest, and she's like an honest person, an honest artist, and like it's hard to blame somebody that was famous from when they were like five years old, like for going through like a slutty phase when they, you know, their their naked uh, wrecking ball phase or whatever the hell it was. I mean, I think that I think that she could do that forever. I mean, uh, like Lady Gaga does that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great message. I think uh, even a seventy-year-old singer should should be like naked on a wrecking ball if that's what like they want to present themselves. I just think that this song f- feels lazy. Exactly. If look, if corporations and artificial intelligence are going to take over the world, then we need our singers, our naked singers, <laughs> to be singing about love for real. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can't agree more. And, and I I think that this song almost was kind of an attempt to talk about a certain part of a relationship where you're like, where you, where you, where you break up and you're done with a long-term relationship and you're kind of like enjoying your freedom and, and, and just really embracing the fact that like you're not really like part of a two anymore and you can kind of just do whatever you want. And that's great. I think the song gets a little bit undercut by the message of just like, 
I can do whatever I want. I can swim in my amazing pool. I can walk around my mansion in my million dollar underwear. And and like, it just <laughs> feels a little bit just kind of like, Miley, we're not really there with you. Sorry. Like, can you, I think Taylor Swift does a lot better job of like talking to her audience and and pretending that she is not actually a billionaire that is way above them that considers them like cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've never. I don't think I've ever listened to Taylor Swift. Oh well, I can meow some Taylor Swift songs for you if you want. Ryan's saying no. Brian, are you still? Are you still singing? Yeah, I sing all the time, man. I sing on this podcast. Yeah. I sing for my kids. I sing uh, in the bathroom at work to let people know that I'm in there, so they shouldn't <laughs> come in. You got a favorite number, or your kids got one that uh, they they love for you to sing? Um, I think my kids like when I, I, my kids have really liked when I've been singing the Little Mermaid songs lately. Um, that since tracks. they, they just really saw that lately. Uh, they, they, they saw the, the, the movie and they, they have seen the animated version too. And so like, like these poor unfortunate souls, so vain in need. Like Freya kind of like gets her. She's like when she starts to kind of jam. Like when I'm like, she's like, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, uh, squash Ursula. those. That's Ursula. Squash Sick. those dumb mermaids. How dare they ask you for a deal? Kill them. Take their souls. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then in the car, I'm always just like. This is the day of the expanding man. Where do, where do? That's the uh, 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 Steely Dan one that Wayne Shorter was on. <laughs> really like that song. I was thinking they could transition to Ocean Man by Ween pretty easily if they're in a mermaid oh, phase I saw, right now. I, they played Ocean Man when I saw Ween this summer. And Sick. it was so loud that like my, like my ears were fluttering. <laughs> I've never seen a concert played so loud as these 60-year-old drunk drug addicts. Hmm. They both took breaks to go do drugs and admitted it. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> oh, goddamn. That's rough stuff. I've been taking minor breaks on this podcast to smoke my tobacco pipe. Oh, well. Sorry, is that the same thing? That's fucked up, dude. <laughs> That's why I got the patch on, baby. What is that? What's the patch? I don't know what you're talking about. He's talking about that little little vaporizer over there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's our other host. He is a fucking weirdo. Degenerate mm-hmm. vaporizer. <laughs> <laughs> our silent host. He's, he's helping us out. We've got our producer, Ryan. We've got our special guest, Jed Tyler, thank you so fucking much for being here. Oh, yeah, here. This, is, this is my first podcast ever. Did, did I send up Miley Cyrus good enough for you guys? I think you did a freaking amazing job. Right. But absolutely. now now we have, we've, we've done the song. Uh, we are now to the part where we talk about shit that we actually like. So I don't know uh, if, well, we should have told you that this was coming. But um, Ryan, do you have uh, something that you kind of want to let the world know about how awesome it is? Well, yeah, you know, I, I think if you're looking for a, a cool-ass song, I, I already kind of gave away the first verse of it, but go listen to Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Um, she's a great artist to revisit, and, you know, her, her lyrics will make you cry, make you laugh, and um, she's a fantastic singer as well, just like Miley Cyrus, but uh, I think there's just a little more oomph behind her lyrical prowess. So, yeah, go check out Amy Winehouse again, guys. For sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. I've been listening to the same album like for a couple weeks, few weeks now. A female jazz soul singer named Liz Wright, L I Z Z W R I G H T, and the album's called Freedom and Surrender, and it's like it's powerful. There's a couple songs on there that are like just super fly, like sexy, smooth, you know. R&B type stuff and then there's some like really powerful gospel songs there's like every musician on the track is like, every musician is like a grade A like jazz musician awesome yeah this looks great I'm gonna dig into it and um yeah I think Jed maybe kind of inspired me with uh, some of his uh discussions today like a song that I kind of always go back to like when I just want to like sit in a dark room and just listen to something that just like makes me feel something so deeply, which is the uh, John Coltrane and Duke Ellington collab in a sentimental mood. And good God, I, I will just put that on and just turn the lights off and just sit there and just stare into the nothingness and listen to that. And it, it is, it will just bring up stuff in me that like I need to think about, or it will just like, help me to celebrate things that are like going on that that I should be thinking about. I don't know. It's just, it's a song for me that is just like a healing factor. Like it's just like a band-aid for my soul. Excellent. It's just got that, that Q-tip vibe. It just feels good when you put it in your ear. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, but it's not fair to, it's really not fair to compare any music to that. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's why I went last, man. Yeah, that's true. And with the banger. Well, dang, that was a tight little production there, fellas. Um, yeah, Jed, thank you so much for coming on and being our first guest ever on this podcast. It was it was truly an honor and just no. fucking great to hang out with you again. I know, no, yeah, you know what? You know what? I, I actually am going to stand against what Ryan just said. Ooh, <laughs> counterpoint. And, and counterpoint to what Ryan just said and tell you, Jed, thank you so much for being here and being on this podcast. I don't know Are we still Ryan on the about. podcast? Yeah, we are. That's why I'm uh, bullshitting and being. Oh, good, good. <laughs> no, you guys should come to North Carolina. Where's that? <laughs> it's over here, somewhere this side of the Mason Dixon, this side of the Mississippi. You'll love it. Right on. No, I, I actually I've wanted to for a long time. Come in the fall. Okay. We'll rent a cabin and and uh, check out the leaves changing colors and stuff. Be like, ooh, look at that leaf. <laughs> Dude, if I don't, <laughs> it'll be awesome. I, if I don't see an orange, leaf and we can do drugs there, too, like serious. your buddies at uh, Ween. <laughs> I think we're good. We're good just to watch leaves these days. We're, we're, <laughs> I have ice. I have iced tea. <laughs> no, Not but too sweet though. Anybody so comes to North rose. Carolina, promise. Right on. Show North Kakalaka. Raise Show up. You a good take time. your shirt off. Spin it around your head like a helicopter. Ryan's moving to Kansas. Oh, hey now, come on, let's not give away the farm on, on our podcast. Ryan, Ryan does not like to let people know where he lives. <laughs> I'm telling <laughs> shit, man. They well, don't get to know nothing about Well, that's why I said Kansas, which was obviously a code for where you're actually moving. <laughs> he's actually, he's actually, Ryan's actually going to join the band Kansas and go on the road with them. <laughs> and, and tour Europe. Road dogs. Well, yeah, okay. So if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to actually send us a letter to ask us a question— don't send us a letter. Send us an email. <laughs> and mm-hmm. An electronic letter via email at yhti.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can always hit us up on Twitter at yhthi podcast. And uh, yeah, share, commiserate with us. Tell us how you feel about these songs. 
give us something uh, else to shit on. And the contest is still going on. If you want to somehow promote in a in a big way the the podcast and get us some new listeners, get us up on some boards or whatever the fuck, and you can prove it to us with a little screenshot, then we are going to send you a picture and then you also get to pick the song. But if you don't get to pick the song, I'm picking the song. And my song next time is like, please interrupt that. We do not <laughs> want to listen to this song. It is god. It is god awful. Oh god, I'm looking forward to it already. Yeah. Well, uh, remember, you know, we might not always love the songs that you do, but that certainly doesn't mean we don't love you. So uh, hang in there for another week. We'll see you real soon. I'm Ryan. I'm Brian. And, and this I'm is Jed. our special guest, Jed. <laughs> Shit, I stepped all over you. God fucking damn. <laughs> and we love you, even though Miley Cyrus doesn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She certainly doesn't. <laughs>